Each co-founder relationship is unique, but there are things any founder and you can do right from the start to ensure you are in agreement with your co-founder. That will increase the likeliness that you'll start off strong and stay aligned. That's what we're talking about today. About what you can do to help you get on the same page with your co-founder about your startup. Pun intended. Literally. Hint. Think of a prenuptial agreement, but specifically for a business relationship. This is your Startup Advantage, where entrepreneurship is considered a team sport. I'm your host, Tanya Dreder, a former broadcast journalist turned entrepreneurship educator. Every week we explore the startup world, investigate entrepreneurial strategies, habits and mindsets, and search out expert advice. Be part of it. Subscribe on your favorite podcast player at StartupAdvantagePodcast.com. Welcome to Startup Advantage with me, Tanya. Thank you for joining me for episode number 21 and for letting me be your guide again today. I hope you are having a really good week. I definitely am. I always love going to events. And even though it's virtual this year, I am enjoying it a lot in attending the Vancouver Startup Week this week. Uh, lots of great sessions, lots of things I've learned, lots of great people I've met and connected with wherever you are in the world. I hope you're still prioritizing these types of events as well, making time to connect with people you might already know or new entrepreneurs. It's so valuable to have that support. And that's part of the reason why I'm asking this month's question. The question is, why did you start your business? What's your reason why? So if you're listening and you're one of the souls that reached out to me to share your reason, thank you for giving me that insight. It's so nice to get a perspective of where people are. It's for each one of us, it's so different. And I know it's not for everybody to be recorded. Not everybody is into that or feel comfortable with that. Even if you just want to send me an email, please let me know what's your answer to this month's question of why you started your business. The people I've heard from, uh, there's many different reasons, but many of them are centered around this current situation where we're in in, in COVID. People that finally push themselves to start that business idea that they've wanted to do for a long time and just realized how short life is and they just want to grab it and, and go for it. And other people who maybe were in a very uncomfortable position that they had to start their own business because they lost their job or their circumstances were very stressful and starting a business was their only vision to earn an income. Wherever you're at, if you want to let me know to join the conversation, I'll place a link to the voicemail in the show notes of this episode. I'd love to hear from you. So last week, we looked at how to look for a co-founder and how you can start your search within your personal and extended network by using popular job listing platforms and how you can use networking events and conferences to meet new people and to potentially connect with potential co-founders. I'll share the episode link with you in the show notes for if you need this and you'd like to listen to it. The reason I mention this is because it leads into today's topic. So what are we talking about exactly? Each co-founder relationship is unique and it's very common for it to be compared to a romantic relationship because of the nature of it. 
you're spending tons of time together, you're going through ups and downs together, and we're very close. You know, you get to know each other really well, and you have to place a lot of trust into this other person. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you're old enough to have at some time in your past have gone through a relationship breakup. And whether you were the one doing the breaking up or you were being broken up with, or it was one of those half and half mutual agreements to break up, I'm sure it still was very uncomfortable and maybe even very painful for you. I do believe that no one gets into any type of relationship with the intention of it not working out or of it ending in a bad way. But just because people don't intend for it to happen doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. This is true for personal relationships as well as business relationships. So as an optimist, I do believe that there is something that you can do to help to ensure that you and your co-founder start off in agreement And that's what I want to talk with you about today, about what you can do to ensure that you and a new co-founder or co-founders are in agreement and aligned. If you were lucky enough to find each other and to agree to build something together, you can work together to confidently plan your way of working together or the future of your business together. The key to that is a founder's agreement. And that is the specific thing I want to talk to you about about what a co-founder's agreement is and why you need one if you're going to be working this closely with someone. Now, if you're already working with a co-founder or two and haven't created a co-founder or founder's agreement, this episode is also relevant to you as it's not too late. You can implement an agreement at any time. Although from the start is best because it's just providing that foundation of agreement for you. But if you only have the advantage to know about it now, that's all right. You can still legally protect yourself, the other co-founder and your business. Allow me to explain it to you in the next few minutes. We'll look at what a founder or co-founder agreement is, what such an agreement usually includes, the important reasons why you should have an agreement with your co-founder and how you can start to create one for your relationship if you're unsure of where to start. Before we get into it, I want to make sure you know I am not a lawyer and this is not my area of expertise. Full disclaimer, my purpose with this episode is to bring this under your radar so that you first of all know that this exists, so you have awareness about it, and secondly, I want you to understand its value and how you can use it to the benefit of not just your business, but to your benefit and the benefit of your co-founder. It's very, very common for new founders not to know about this, especially if they start off with their idea without doing a lot of planning uh, beforehand. So if it's the first time you're hearing about this, that's why I'm doing this episode for you. And just know you're not alone. You're not the only one that hasn't heard of this before. Now, let's get into it. First question is, what is a founder or co-founder's agreement? So I want you to think of a prenuptial agreement for a moment. A prenup, for short, is a written contract created by two people before they are married, and it outlines the ideal scenario and an agreement on how to dissolve their relationship if the I hope it's never happens scenario plays out. A founder's agreement with your co-founder is similar to a prenup, but 
instead of it being between two people getting married, this is between two or more people going into a business working relationship together. A founder's or co-founder's agreement is a legally binding contract made in writing that a startup's founders enter into. It should ideally be created at the beginning of the company. It can be a standalone document or it can be part of a partnership or other existing agreement. It's designed to breed clarity for all of the people involved, protect each founder's interests, and it is aiming to prevent conflict later on. It also safeguards you in the case of a dispute, if there's conflict, and it can provide protection to show what you as co-founders agree to from the very beginning. So it really eliminates a he said, she said situation later on. Now I know as it is often the case in startups, there's so much work to do and so much to get done. And it is a more flexible environment because you need to be flexible and adaptable to the situation that you are in and building this new business. Verbal agreements are very common, but I don't want you to be tempted to buy into the illusion of the perceived flexibility of a verbal agreement. If it's not written down, you have no proof of what was discussed and agreed upon. Just like you don't rely on verbal agreements with your customers and you give a customer a purchase receipt or credit so that they can prove they purchased an item from you for a specific price on a specific date so that if they want to return the item later on, it's easy and clear what and when this transaction took place. You should also not rely on a verbal agreement with your co-founders. This is business. It's a business relationship. So be thorough and be businessy and be safe. Verbal agreements are binding, yes, but the problem is that there is no record of proof of the said verbal agreement, which can lead to some very uncomfortable situations. A co-founder's agreement is an optional document, but it is generally seen as a baseline for how you and your co-founder relationship will work. Now I know, just like with a prenup agreement, it's not romantic or sexy at all to draft a contract for your new relationship and how it will operate in the future, but it is definitely the smartest and most practical thing to do. If you buy into it, your enthusiasm for it will convince your co-founder, and this will make you more likely to succeed as a team. And that's pretty sexy if you ask me. Think differently about it. Don't you want to know what you're signing up for or getting yourself involved in? Don't you want to give your business the best possible chance of succeeding by being clear with your co-founder on what you're both willing to commit to? So your next question likely is, why will it protect me? What does a co-founder or founder agreement usually include? It usually outlines the roles, rights and responsibilities of each founder, who's involved, how much they've contributed or are going to contribute and what steps to take if someone leaves or wants to leave. It can also cover shareholding patterns and capital, preemptive rights and the transfer of shares, general obligations of founders, rules on intellectual property, and a process for resolving disputes among founders. So let's focus on you. Let me ask you, do you need a founder's or a co-founder's agreement? Now, you might say, ah, Tanya, but I'm starting my business with a friend, Or one of my college buddies. We're so close, we've known each other for years. Our families are friends. We finish each other's sentences. Or 
Our working styles are exactly the same. I don't think we'll have any problems. We don't need to sign a contract. If this is your situation, you really have such an advantage and it's so great. I truly am happy with you. But I still want you to think differently about it. This is not about trusting the other person. This is about doing your due diligence. About you doing everything in your power as a founder and as a founder pair to ensure the success of the company. You're creating something brand new, like a baby. And like a baby, it will grow maybe into something completely different than you planned for or expected. There's no way that you can predict what type of teenager that baby will be. And in the same way, there's no way for you to predict what your working relationship or circumstances will be like in a few years' time. A founder's agreement, like all contracts, is there to help you and your co-founder not only navigate your day-to-day operations and to ensure fairness, but also to come to your aid when things don't go as planned. And let's be real, it does more often than not during this journey called life. We all have challenges, and in your business, you will have challenges. There are many relevant reasons why you should strongly consider creating a founder's agreement. It can be helpful to read real-life stories about startup partnerships that ended without having an agreement in place and what that experience were like for those co-founders. You can do an internet search and visit sites like Reddit and use search terms like co-founder breakup or co-founder agreement. When I did this, I ended up spending hours, I'm afraid, engrossed in the experiences of real-life founders that had a less than ideal experience because they didn't have a proper agreement in place. But because I don't believe in motivating with fear, I'm not going to share any of those stories or emphasize that for you. Although I do think it's a valuable exercise to go through to go and look at these stories. Uh, But I'd rather inspire you with the benefits instead of why you should strongly consider using an agreement. Because these benefits are not just for you, it's for you and your business and to the benefit of your co-founder. The three main benefits that stands out as most important to me time and time again that will show you why you need one are that it helps you as a team to clarify duties and assign responsibilities. So it helps with accountability. It protects your company's intellectual property by indicating what is okay to share where and when and what is not. And number three, it prepares you well in advance on how to best deal with it if there's conflict between the founders that they're unable to solve themselves or if a co-founder must leave the company, either voluntary or not. Okay, so let me give you a bit more context for each of these three key benefits. The first benefit of a co-founder agreement is that it covers what each founder contributes to the company and their position in the startup. This makes your life so much easier. Everyone knows who does what and who should step up when. If you took my advice earlier to look for a co-founder with strong complementary skills to yours to help with the tasks you're not naturally strong in or that you don't enjoy, it will be a very easy way for you to delegate those type of tasks so that you're both leaning into your strengths and can focus in those areas. For example, 
you might be wanting to open a food delivery service and you're super talented as a chef or a cook and you want to focus on running the kitchen and designing the menu options while your co-founding partner might be responsible for the business side and the marketing efforts. Being clear will improve your productivity, which is essential for your startup because you'll be able to focus on the cooking aspect, on the food, on your product without running the menu items by your partner because they'll be busy focusing on running the accounts, getting the marketing done without having to consult you with every decision they have to make. So it just makes the operation and how you work from day to day so much smoother and easier. A second benefit is that it helps protect the intellectual property rights of your business. There are many types of intellectual property and some countries recognize more than others. The most well-known types are copyrights, patents, trademarks, and trade secrets. Intellectual property is most often defined as the creative material that goes into setting your business apart from every other business. That includes your products or services, logo, branding, and much more. Your agreement should state any intellectual property or then creative material created for the business during work hours that it's owned by the business and not by any co-founder or employee who came up with it. And it should outline just the rules around this. Ideally, this would never become a problem, but often with these types of things, it happens out of error and not out of intention. People are very often not aware that they shouldn't be sharing specific things about a business because these conversations aren't taking place in the beginning to get them on the same page of what is intellectual property of the business and what's okay, what to share and what not. This happened to me recently when a former colleague, who I'm very fond of and they're an amazing person, who wouldn't ask for anything that's not lawful or outside of what's considered polite, who reached out to me and asked for a copy of work that they created during their time at the company, thinking that it would be totally okay. And so... Luckily, I had that insight and I understood my company's rules to know that while the former employee didn't have that perspective, they didn't have that conversation with the company. So they didn't realize that what they were asking for wouldn't be okay to the company. And lovely person, you know, I so respect them. And I think it's the perfect example to share with you of how easily these kind of things can be overstepped without somebody intending to break a rule or steal something from you. It's just one of those common errors that happen because of a lack of awareness. So if you have this conversation at the beginning and you're very clear on what's the company's property, what's those creative materials, what's very important to remain knowledge that's only inside the company, then it just safeguards you if you have that in a written agreement. Third benefit is that a founder's agreement prepares you for how you want to deal with it if one of the founders or co-founders, that might be you as well, wants to exit the company. It truly is due diligence to speak about these things before you start working together. You and your co-founders can create this agreement together. You can speak about what feels good for you as a pair to agree to that's aligned with your values on how to resolve disputes, on how to end a working relationship. What are those steps that needs to be taken? Yes, you are going into this relationship, believing that it will succeed and that it will work. But there's many variables that play a role in our futures that neither of us can control. 
We hope that things will turn out as we plan, but for in case it won't, it's responsible to eliminate the risk by having a plan ready for if you or a co-founder needs an exit strategy. What happens if a co-founder voluntarily wants to leave the company? What happens if it's just not working and a co-founder needs to be let go? Have this conversation. Having this conversation with your new co-founder on how you want to manage something like this, these types of situations, and agreeing on it in writing before you start working together will serve you and them. There will be no second guessing, no questions, and no discussions about what's fair and what is not, because you agreed upon it when you started this relationship. Now I know, this conversation might feel uncomfortable to bring up, but this is a win-win step you're taking. You're consulting with your co-founder. You're including them in the decision-making process. This legal agreement is to protect every co-founder equally. So you're doing something very responsible, but also actually very cool, looking out for your business and the humans behind building it. Everyone's being protected equally and they're being included in the process. A good partner the type of co-founder you want on your team will understand the need for this if you explain it to them and they'll even welcome it. You should expect someone who will walk this journey with you through the hard and through the good to be fully invested just as much as you are. If they're not and they're not willing to have this type of conversation, it might be an indication to you or a sign that you need to rethink your decision to work together. It's also actually a really great way to connect on a deeper level with your new co-founder as you're taking ownership together of what you want your business to look like as you brainstorm the future together. Now, I want to ask you again. Ask yourself, do I need a co-founder's agreement? If your answer is a strong yes, then let me tell you how to start drafting one. Most startups have a tight budget, so a good place to start is to find a template. Yes, you can use an online template as your starting point. There are plenty of Founders Agreements templates available online for you to look at. Just do an online search for Founders Agreement or Co-Founders Agreement. I'll also include a few links for you in the show notes to a few sources to help you get started. Choose the one you and your co-founder like the most and then customize it. Or you can create your own using different parts from different templates that you find that you think is the best fit for you. See the template as a general standard agreement and definitely customize it to include the clauses and the statements and the issues that's relevant to your business. I do believe and recommend that you should take your agreement to a lawyer once you have a draft that you're both happy with. Focus on getting all the important pieces together, the standard pieces that's generally available and easy to look at, then have a lawyer look it over. It will leave you with the peace of mind that you didn't miss anything or have a blind spot somewhere in the agreement. To sum up, a founder or co-founder's agreement is an excellent first project for you and your new co-founder to work on. You'll learn a lot about your business, your co-founders, and yourself. Consider it a bonding exercise. Something you get in place before you need it. Something to protect all involved. That's it for this week. Do you remember that I recommended earlier 
that you should create a short list of potential co-founders while you're looking for somebody to partner with. So I had some questions about that, how to approach this shortlist and getting to know each other that will lead to a final decision in choosing a co-founder. So we'll look at questions you can ask to get to know a potential new co-founder and what you should think of to ask that will help you make a decision who to partner with. These are also questions that you'll be able to use if you already have a co-founder and you just want to connect with them more deeply. I hope you'll join me. I want to end off with some encouragement. Building a business and finding the right partners takes time and it takes a lot of time and energy. You're not missing something that everyone else is getting. It is hard. So if no one told you yet this week, let me be the one to do so. You've got this. You can do it. You can have the hard conversations. You can plan for a successful future. You can plan for the difficult parts in the future. Keep moving forward one day and one step and one agreement at a time. Have an amazing week. This is your Startup Advantage, where entrepreneurship is considered a team sport. So please share it with a friend who will benefit from it by sending them a link to startupadvantagepodcast.com. Stay safe and have an amazing week.